You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back once again. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang is here. We are barreling towards a football season that is going to happen. We've just been at practice uh, yesterday morning. We got a chance to go out and check out uh, some of what was going on and how everybody looked once again. And uh, uh, also, big news on the recruiting front. We should probably start there. Uh, by the way, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Hi, hello. Um, Thank you very much. Josh, not for pleasantries. I guess he's really pissed off about the Luther Burden thing. He just wants to get right into it. I am so excited to talk about this. I mean, this thing that should surprise no one. And at the same time, is a major storyline. So it's, those are fun to talk about. I would say it's it's finally glad to just get it out there, so we don't have to be on alert twenty four seven. Like every time uh, someone comes out and says big news dropping at, at tomorrow about a five star. Uh, We're talking about you, Hayes Fawcett. Yeah, Hayes Fawcett. Uh, so every time you do that, edit boy. Um, we're all on alert, and Bob's wondering if he's ever going to see his family again, and Josh the same, and Eddie and I are just like, huh, oh, you two f- take care of it. Um, ha-ha. Uh, no. Uh, but, I mean, it's good to have that behind us. I mean, it's it's finally happened. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it was always possible. Like, And I know people are, like, groaning because you're like, Josh, you said it was fine. I never said this couldn't happen. Like I never, that never came out of my mouth. This, he was visiting Missouri. He visited Georgia. Like there's no doubt the kid has been entertaining other ideas for a while. At the same time, it just, uh, he handled, like I got, I have to give Luther credit. There was nothing sneaky about anything he's done. He told OU everything that was going on. He told him when they would, t- he would take visits. Those, uh, in situations like these where you don't know, you can't get inside the kid's head you can understand arguments from either side. You kind of have to play the numbers sometimes. And the numbers say generally kids that handle it like that tend to stick. Now, it's not foolproof, obviously, but that is the way that usually goes on. And, I, again, I, OU's not going to give up on this. They're, they're still involved. They're still going to you know recruit him. Maybe it's a C.D. Lamb scenario. OU ends up winning in the end. I, he's got a... I mean, I've talked to Luther a ton of times. His his best relationship is Dennis Simmons. He loves Dennis Simmons. So there's something there. At the same time, there are things that OU just can't battle. And I don't know how much that's going to play a role here. I know Missouri has some people that are well-connected to his family. And they, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. 
Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz, they now, I mean, uh, Eli Drinkwitz recruits like an SEC head coach. He's going to use every angle he can use. He's not, you know, he's not afraid to play the, the heavy or the bad guy. If that's what he's got to do, he's going to turn any key he can turn. And that, I, like, I'm not saying that like he's doing something bad. I'm saying he's using edges that he has. I owe you would do the same. Like, I, I'm not faulting him at all. That, that's fine. The battle with Georgia. We, we, we know these things. I, I'm just not we're, – we're not going to go down that road. That's just a battle OU has to fight, and it's one I, – I don't know. I don't know that they can win that fight. I mean, I don't know that that's, that's a if, – if it goes to certain levels, there's just things OU can't do. <laughs> I, I don't know how to I, – I, I, like, I, I don't know how to say it more without saying it. Why won't OU pay players? I uh, – I mean, and I I understand that's what the board and that's what OU fans are going. That's the initial like common sense reaction, and I there's just no other way to say or to get around it. It, uh, it's there are a lot. Again, we talk about this all the time on the pod. There are decisions you can make sense of. You know, OU loses a defensive lineman to Alabama. Okay, got it. Like I I get it. I understand. You know, or in reverse. If you know Oregon loses a quarterback to Oklahoma, okay, I get that too. Like that, that that makes sense. At the same time, wide receiver production at Georgia is not exactly what They're you usually point yeah. to. Yeah, that's not NFL production. They basically have AJ Green, who I think Luther might have been born when AJ Green played at Georgia. <laughs> That's, that's, first off, that's depressing, okay? Well, they got, yeah. They've got oh, Hardman, trust me. and then they've got what's-his-name's uh, brother from yep. Alabama. Um, um, Rid, uh, not, yeah, not Rid, Ridley. Not Ridley. No, Ridley played Alabama. What am I, uh, was it Cameron well, Ridley? Riley Ridley. Was Riley the, Ridley? The brother. Or, yeah. Is he in the league? I don't know I, if he's in the league. I'm just saying he was a, okay. a, a college okay, I star. You. I mean, I got you. If you're looking for the biggest receiver names, that was one of the bigger yeah. ones that they've Yeah, had. I mean – but you're right. Hardeman's the only other guy of any real note. I mean, the, in the league. I mean, and that's largely just because he plays with the greatest quarterback on the planet and in an insane offense. So, um, I think a lot about Pickens, but we'll just see if he can. Yeah. Oh, Pickens is uber off, talented. Uh, off the field. Yeah, I'd say Pickens has to a stay healthy and b stop starting fights um, with you know team members, random you know civilians, whatever. Terry Godwin doesn't do a, anything for you. Yeah, Godwin's a good player. You're right. That's fair. Um, Javon but I mean, wins. I'm, oh, just, I'm well. just looking at the list of guys mm-hmm. right now. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing mm-hmm. to write home about. No, God, I, I'm, I, I, I hear McKenzie. Godwin and I thought of Chris, and I'm like, Chris, Chris didn't go to Georgia. What am I talking about? Uh, no, that yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, uh, again, you've got C.D. Lamb, who God. How bad is he feeling? Like, you know he thought he walked into the golden scenario, and now he may go two straight years with just a black hole at quarterback. Did he get the second NMRI? I mean, I watched Hard Knocks, but I didn't watch it. I mean, they didn't have, like, the... Like, that news came out, I think, probably as they were wrapping that production for that week that he was going to have to have another MRI. I never heard I think of so. him. I, I haven't seen it. I think he'll be fine yeah. by the end of it. I mean... I'm not overly worried right now. No, Although I'm, I'm not a, just a huge Cowboys fan either. But it, the the thing about it is, is I think that you know, I it almost opens up a, even more like 
for the paranoid OU fan of is this how it's going to be when they make the move into the SEC? Like, how are they going to keep up? I think that's the initial, like, knee-jerk reaction. And then also you look at the fact that the wide receiver position is not what you would want it to be right now, it's especially in the, so weird. the 2022 class. And, you know, Bob, I, I think Bob has kind of been harping on something that it, it it's more relevant than ever in that when you don't have a quarterback in that class, maybe it's hard to keep things together. It just feels that way. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You should be able to realize that when you get to campus, you would play with Caleb Williams. You would play with, Mal- with Malachi Nelson. But it, I guess when you're in the heat of the moment and you're being recruited by the schools nonstop, it, I just think it's playing a role because 2017, Chris Robinson was there early and they locked up Rambo, Lamb, and Brown without any issues. 2019, lock up Rattler early. You get Bridges, Hazelwood, Weiss without any issues, Caleb Williams, Cody Jackson, Mario Williams, Jaleel Farouk. And then 18 and 20, you get Mordecai, but it it wasn't like that splash of a commitment. None of those receivers are on campus. Outside of Marvin Mims, we don't know anything about the 2020 group, but now there's no one for 2022 because there's there's no quarterback. I just feel like you need a face of the class. You need – that guy that could have talked to these kids to say, Hey, you need to stick it out. You need to come with us and we're going to build something special when we all get to Norman. I just think it was, I mean, look, it was almost inevitable. I mean, coming off of the dead period, like it was, uh, by the way, nice job cheating Scott Frost. Uh, you got your ass caught too. Um, He's not only is he cheating, but he's lying. We can get into that. He's here losing. A bit. How uh, do you cheat and suck? <laughs> That should that should like cut your buyout in half if it's proven. Like if you still are paid a buyout when you uh, inevitably get fired, if you're caught cheating but also not winning, that should eliminate the buyout. But like just you put know, that in the uh, contract. It's just like last year, like you know when they signed Mario Williams, I think we all were kind of like, well, good luck holding on to him. Like Florida kid, five star. Like how how are they going to hold on to that kid? And the fact that they didn't have any visits really helped like and so i just think i just kind of expected this shit to start again like when the visits started happening again and people could go places like it's not so easy to hold on to guys in that situation and guys we talked about this months ago this was going to be a batshit crazy recruiting year yes it was gonna because all these kids committed so early and did all this stuff I mean, elite guys like Luther Burden could wait as long as he wants to wait at any school in the country. And he committed crazy early. And it was just never, I mean, and he's not the only one. I mean, there's there's been multiple high-level flips. Like, it, it's happened all over the place. And a lot of guys are, you know, everybody thought, um, I believe it's Travis Shaw, was headed to Clemson. Well, now everybody thinks he's going to North Carolina. Like, just because he didn't commit doesn't really change the narrative. Like, it looks like Clemson may lose out on a major guy to a school that, frankly, they've got no business losing players to. So this this is just going to – this year is wild because all these guys – it's like kids in a candy shop. It really is. Like, all these guys that were just held away from everything for a year, kind of – and in their junior, which is a major recruiting year, maybe the most important in my opinion – and now in their senior year, they just get thrown into the deep end. Stuff's going to happen. Like, and, it, and don't get me wrong, I, it won't shock me at all if the reverse is true for Oklahoma and they get somebody kind of out of the blue that no one sees coming, and maybe it's a receiver. We'll, we'll see. At the, at the same time, is there still a little bit of a 
I, I guess almost a feeling out period as far as the way that uh, things are going to go with the transfer portal too. But at the same time, it's like you don't want to just become dependent on bringing a big time wide receiver out of that every year. Or can you? I, I guess we don't really know that. Like, I, I guess in a way, it's it's you want to push the panic button because they have lost three wide receivers uh, over the course of a couple months. But at the same time, not just three, but three top 100 guys. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, my hand's right over the button. I want to push it, <laughs> but I don't. I'm, but I'm not going to. See, well, the I mean, transfer portal. This, oh, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, this kind of goes back to the Cedric Roberts thing, right? It, this is, you know, you keep recruiting guys even when you think you have your favorites. I mean, if they had still been talking to Brennan Thompson or Andre Green or Evan Stewart, no, I don't know how the scenario would have would have played out, but I, I don't know if now they're at a point, could they go back in with any of those three and try to make up the ground that they've lost in the last two, three months? Oh, I, I th- that I mean, there's no question, and I we gotta give I gotta give a little bit up to our guy Neil Ken because this is a drum he has beat for a while that OU tends to jump out of races too early when they get a commitment or two. Like, man, I I think maybe that's not the way to go. Like, you, you're going to have to – I mean, don't get me wrong. It's always dangerous to use one situation as evidence, but this has been a pattern. There, there have been some times when Oklahoma felt like they should have had a good backup plan in place and just didn't because they thought they could count on one guy. Now, the kid's word, yeah. Yeah. Talon Shetron, that's just a freaking anomaly. I don't put that on OU at all. Like That's just a weird thing that happened. He's an in-state kid, committed early, the kind of kid he is. Like Everything said he should have been in there, no problem. You can count on this guy signing. Luther Burden was always a risk. Always, always, always. Kid from St. Louis, had been to OU twice ever. Had You know, it just, there was no way you could think to yourself, no doubt, Luther Burden's going to sign with us. It, the rumors have been there since almost since he committed that this wasn't this wasn't over. So there are times I do think Oklahoma is uh, naive, not the right word, but just overly confident. Like you can't behave like that. Now, I it's hard. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, am I really faulting Dennis Simmons? Like the guy's got a recruiting track record that few guys in the country can match over the last three or four years. Like it's. It's really hard to come down on him. It's just one of those things where when you ca- when you watch something as shiny and perfect as this wide receiver class looked like it was going to be, turn into what it is, that's that's terrifying. The, the The question for me is how do you manage the, you know, Eddie mentioned the portal, and I've said for a while I think Oklahoma wants to look in that direction, but you can't go get two or three portal guys to make up this class and not potentially run some risk of alienating the 2023 group sure. that looks like it could be even better than 2022 ever had a chance to be. I guess I I just have a hard time looking at, like, and it's different from each individual, but when you look at what Oklahoma has at quarterback or what they have lined up at quarterback over the next couple of years, who wouldn't want to go play for that? When you look at Oklahoma's offense over the last seven years since Riley's been here, who wouldn't want to play for that? I just... I, it's almost a little shocking that Oklahoma finds themselves in this position, albeit, you know, what is it, four months away from signing day? That's why I hate business decision. That, to me, that's what 
Jordan Hudson and Bird. You're, you're in a bad terrible. business if this is a business decision. <laughs> like, that is, that's a business decision. Is you this were a making business decision place. or a cast decision? Decision. And that's why Mike Woods picked OU. Business decision. He knows now this is what he needs to do to maximize where he wants to go. We need to send John Taffer after his ass then if those are the business decisions he's making. <laughs> this restaurant's going to be closed, and I can tell you that. <laughs> You're opening up a bar, sir, and you have too many friends that are going to be drinking on on your tab. You're going out of business. It's just it's just surprising to me. I the thing that's most disappointing to me is uh it personally it hurts because when uh, Eli Drinkwitz had sent out that uh, flipsy or flipmas tweet, I bookmarked it. And every time I had too much to drink, I would go back to it and just laugh at all the Missouri fans that, that thought it was going to be Luther Burden and it was some three-star linebacker. Now I have to unbookmark that. I, I'm not going to be able to partake in that joy that I had in life. Like I have my favorite, uh, all the stuff I like on TikTok that I go back and watch every once in a while. That was one of them. A, a small piece of joy has been taken from me. I, I know this isn't going to be the most popular thing, but I kind of like Eli Drinkwitch, like more and more as each day passes. I, I think he's doing a hell of a job. Obviously, he needs to. What was that show that they had where they would, uh, uh, it was the gay guy and the woman, and they would uh, redo your style? Oh, uh, love it or leave it or something like that. That was the one houses. of the TL, TLC shows. Yeah, it was one of those. But um, he needs a makeover. He needs a celebrity makeover. I think that's kind of what makes him... Because uh, he looks like an accountant. I, I think that's part of uh, his presentation. He sneaks up on you. You, you. you don't expect him. He wants to look like a dork and sound like a dork, Boop. and then he goes, Boop! Josh, did you know that our accountant is a big World of Warcraft lady? I trust that. Do you, That's that, my kind of accountant. Not... Like, yeah, that makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> that brings real. Sooner Scoop's re- accountant like, is a big World of Warcraft person. I don't want the accountant bar hopping. That that's not what yeah. we need to be into in our social time. We we want to be at home, World of Warcrafting. I will yeah, tell you, that, I got I got it's like locked... when Kramer and Jerry's accountant was uh, sniffing in the bathroom all the time. I got locked yeah, that's out. No. Of the, I got locked out of the uh, uh, our our bank uh, the other day. I don't know what happened. Uh, and I was worried that we were getting embezzled, and so I had to call immediately and get the account unlocked. But good news, we weren't. All the money was you know, there. So for everybody out there listening, the joint account that Carrie and I share, this is the first I've heard of this, so that's only mildly terrifying. <laughs> it happened yesterday, all right? <laughs> I would have had this discussion with you before the pod, but you have you have children duty today, so... Oh, yeah, and speaking of the local um, daycare where Layla goes and sometimes Lainey goes after school... They have closed for the remainder of the week due to COVID issues. So I've got, nice. yeah, and we're supposed to go on vacation this weekend. So I've got that looming over my head. It's a, it's a lot, a lot of fun times here. A lot of decisions to be made in the next forty-eight hours. Didn't you have a tropical storm bear down on you or something? Yes. Yeah. Well, no. We are supposed to be going to Mexico. And going to be in an area that's looking like it's going to get hit tonight with a Category 1 hurricane. Tiffany and I were talking right before the pod, and I was like, it feels like, you know, like the heavens are telling us maybe maybe this trip isn't a go. Maybe things are getting more and more closer to normal, though. Yes, another trip ruined for us. It yeah, sounds exactly. like that's, uh-huh, yeah, that, that's more what we're used to. The embezzlement comment made me think of something. Isn't it, uh, 
idle time is uh, something of the devil. Okay, stop it. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> stop it. I'm just saying. I'm. Th- that is literally just a a. I'm gonna give out phrase. your cell phone number. That is literally right? just I'm giving a. Fr- out it's your a phrase. Cell phone number. It's a phrase that I remembered. I'm texting it to him right after the show. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. In the words of Cheryl Crow, apropos of nothing. That was right. just out of nowhere, completely unrelated to anything. Right. So, um, <laughs> outside of that, let's get into uh, some of what we had a chance to see. And I'm going to throw the I'm going to throw the ball to Bob. I'm going to be the point guard. I'm going to I want Bob to have his time. I've cranked up your audio so everyone can hear you. Uh, Bob went out yesterday and uh, got to see some some players practicing. I think the one thing that you noticed was that Wanya Morris was not out there, um, but. Outside of that, what were your biggest takeaways from our second 20-minute viewing of uh, OU practice this this camp? Yeah, I think with the second viewing, it was more about taking things in and kind of focusing in on a couple things. Where the first one was just scatterbrained, just trying to see every single person you can. Did it look where like this Caleb one... Williams had passed up Spencer Rattler on the depth chart? <laughs> where the, this one, I just zeroed in on freshmen and more in particular freshmen on defense. And I think... We've been saying this like a lot the last couple of years where those guys don't look like freshmen. That's not the freshman that was on this defense four or five years ago, but it's accelerated. There are so many faces between Latrell McCutch, between a Kelvin Gilliam, between a, a Clayton Smith. And then you look at Bill, uh, Billy Bowman, who you don't expect to be one of those guys, and he might be as jacked up as any of them. He was and you jacked. Just, <laughs> was, that was just unreal that he walked right to me right as that as that uh, picture came in. I was like, holy cow, this is not the guy I remember from Denton Ryan last year. And it's, it's just a credit to what they've been able to do and how they've been able to to get these guys like a Danny Stutzman that, you know, just he he already looks bigger than some of those linebackers that are have been on campus two, three years. And it just it lets you know that. As good as this defense has been, the future looks even brighter if they continue down this path, especially with the way they've been developing. It's not just about recruiting, it's about developing, and that's really where they've excelled the last couple of years. You know, the thing that really stuck out to me, and I posted about this last night, is you look around and you watch guys that, you know, haven't been factors like Joseph Wete and and Jamal Morris, like, they are so locked in, like, in coachable. And, like, I thought Latrell McCutcheon, I had a picture of him. Uh, I don't think that was in the photo gallery I put up today. But, like, all those kids, like, they're locked into these coaches and what they're saying. Like, it seemed like a very teachable group of, of athletes. Which is good. I yeah. mean, I, I think that there's been probably a lack thereof over the last couple of years, right? I mean, there's no farting around. There's no yep. – I mean, everybody's very serious. Uh you know, you don't. I mean, you see people laughing and stuff like that, but sure. you know, it's it's never like it never looks like there's a cl- somebody trying to be like a class clown or whatever. Well, Even I, like the defensive guys. I mean, like yeah. the defensive line guys, like over there, like they're I think over there with Calvin Thibodeau, and it's all business. Well, when you have as many guys that are gonna you know be expected to play or be able to contribute or be given opportunities to contribute uh, early in the season, it's almost kind of a. Uh, I don't want to fall behind. And I think that, you know, when you talk about a true competition among position groups, that's what they have on the defensive side of the football. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk about a bunch of the defensive side because that's who we spent the most time with. But, I mean, it, it's just like uh, like I was telling you guys shooting video. I remember, you know, just three or four years ago, we would shoot and it'd be like, 
okay, we need to get this guy, this guy, and this guy. It was a short list. And it, it we just to just for B roll purposes. Yeah. And now it's like you just keep it on, mm-hmm. and you're going to get everybody because even a guy like a Kelvin Gilliam, he might not be one of the you know in that first four or five group or uh, four and five. Uh, guys right. that's going to play like the six guy going through. He's still, still going to, awesome. he's still going to be somebody that you want to get video of. And by the way, I, I did put up the photo gallery on, I'll, I'll get it on the front page eventually, but uh, go check it out. I know we tweeted it out, but Kelvin yeah. has a couple of pictures of Kelvin Gilliam. And you're just like, Holy shit. Like, oh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's night and day. And I, you know, I, there's, there's not a better example. And you know, it's, it's funny that we say this and Trey, it sounds like Trey Brown's having a pretty good camp with the Seahawks, but at the same time, it is a night and day difference from what they have in the defensive secondary and specifically at cornerback. Every one of those guys. And, you know, I'll tell you this. And we, and we always gloss over him, but McCutcheon to me, like how long he is, how oh, tall just, he is, it's incredible. It's ridiculous. I thought Joshua Eaton looked really good. And it doesn't sound like he's in that group of five yeah. right now. It's just, it's crazy. Just, just, and we see it at, we saw it out at camps this summer. Like there's, like Alex Grinch has a type. It's long, it's lean, it's athletic, like and he's done it. Like he has transformed that secondary in three years. Yeah. It's just about doing it now. I mean, you can't you can't throw out a guy like a uh you know, Latrell McCutcheon's obviously he's gonna have hiccups, he's gonna be a freshman, he's gonna get beat sometimes. But can they play at the level that a Woody Washington did as a freshman? Or I mean as a I guess red uh Second year freshman, whatever you want to call last year, Richard. Um, does anybody know the culprit? I saw people talking about this on the board. That I don't know if it was like Feldman and Auerbach filled in for Andy Staples on his podcast. Michael Felder. Yeah, it was Felder. Michael Felder, not I'm not. Felder. Oh, it wasn't Bruce Felder. Felder. No, it was so Felder. he was the one that said that he was concerned about the OU defense because they lost Buki. Yeah, I'm not too familiar and with them. Fel- Felder's taking ownership. I don't know if you followed that. Oh, is he getting uh, thread. just just he said murdered? He got he had some bad notes and it got him off the rails and he admitted he was wrong. He said next week that he would own up to it. What's he going to do? Is he going to make a donation to the program? What I mean, <laughs> what, how, how do you I don't you know wanna, what that means? You want to sponsor an NIL uh, <laughs> athlete? No, I, for some of those things that were thrown out there, and I haven't listened to the podcast, but uh, it was just like. But we've talked really? about that, you know, just the laziness of some people in the national media to just regurgitate those old notes. Well, and, it's kind of like the. And then know, it happens. Well, it's kind of like the the stuff that you saw at the beginning of the season, just like, you know, you go down to Big 12 Media Day or wherever, and it's like the national narrative that's out there is like, oh, oh, you doesn't play any defense. It's like, that couldn't be further from the truth. You just simply didn't watch the last, you know, five, six games last year. All you think about you is the You should just K-State be able game. to yell, hey, f- boy, watch some football, all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it sounded like Staples, who's a guy I really like in general, had a few pretty out there moments. See, I don't think Staples was actually Staples, on the podcast. I think it, it wasn't yeah. on this podcast. Oh, okay, then I, I misread it. Then I, I misread it, okay. Did they say okay. Nicole Auerbach was filling in for him? Yeah, or she, it like was that? her and Felder, I think. Okay. Michael Felder. I'm re- and I'm yeah, not it, even familiar with Michael Staples Felder. Staples and Friends, he doesn't do it all the time. It's, but it's under okay. that umbrella, right. I guess. Banner, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's my, then, see, then I'm doing the same thing. I apologize to Andy Staples. That's my bad. But it and it's funny that I you know, own it. I'll talk about it next week. You talk about the defensive line. You talk about you know even the ends and the most still. And Bob wrote about it uh, Wednesday morning. The the most depth right now is at that inside linebacker position where you literally 
can name off five or six guys that could play. It's like, how many is too that many will almost? Play. That will play. Uh, what's, what, what's a realistic number, though, that can play? Is is six really a realistic number? That's tough, man. I mean, In blowouts, I don't see how you could do it in a real game. Yeah. Where it's where you're really trying to keep your guys locked in and fresh, you know, not fresh, but just their mind in it. Like that's hard to do right. that rotation. I mean, it's almost like you're you're out too long if you're if you yep. got three different units coming in and out. Agreed. Um, and the other part that begs the question of does OU? You know, we talk about okay, well, you know, maybe Aguebu goes early, maybe Osamoa goes early. Oklahoma almost needs them to because you might lose some to the portal. If you're if you get too many guys coming back next year, because they're I mean, wh- what are you going to lose to graduation? White. What an un- what an uncommon thing and, that and would be for this defense that because of the COVID thing. You don't know all those guys can come back again, correct? Well, I thought once OU designated it, you couldn't go back. Like once OU had decided, okay, you're a senior, you're a junior. I didn't think they could rewrite that. I, I could be wrong, but that was my. I thought that that was where. That's how I understood. Well, it was it, I weird guess. today because uh, Braden Willis talked about you know his last year at Oklahoma, uh, and you would think like if he could have added a year, maybe he would have with his injury history because he just hasn't shown mm-hmm. enough on the field yet. But I I, I think most guys, it's kind of like everything else. Most guys have been in college. They've done the college thing. They'll get to it, and if the NFL's not gonna, if they're not gonna make it in the NFL, they're just not gonna make it in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's how. That's my prediction for how most people will handle it. But like, I mean, like Mike Woods is not gonna stick around for another year if he doesn't have a great year. He's gonna go. But I mean, you know, you think even if OU were to lose Aguebu, White, and Asamoa next year, you still have Stutzman, Witter. Jamal Morris, kind of depending on what you think of him, you know, where he can go. And then you got two young guys in Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie who will both be there at semester. You know, it's funny. So, though, those are two names that we really haven't talked about all year. And Deshaun White, those were the first two names that came out of his mouth that said they played well in the scrimmage in uh, Jamal Morris and Shane Wider. Witter? Witter. I'm going to do oh, that. Josh, I'm going to do that Josh, all year. Okay. So. Oh, Eddie, Just get ready. Eddie's trolling the shit out of me right now. I've already trolled you about him. Uh, I know. Uh, the, again, the last few days, there's been a lot of hate crimes against Josh in the uh, in the warm room. So that's. Uh, when you're I mean, slow, some are self inflicted. Some yeah. are self inflicted. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's what get, happens when you don't answer after twenty. You know, texts have gone out. Kind of makes uh, me wonder if the wall down south was built around Houston or if it was built on the border. <laughs> oh, he's not a Houstonite anymore. He's more Galveston than he is Houston. Is that's it's not wrong. I feel like I I feel like maybe I'm the only person that feels this way. But is David Awegbu like the the least talked about returning starter? Yes, yes. ever. Well, but I he's not like a starter. A starter. I, yeah, I think Deshaun and Osamoa are the starters. Technically, yes. But I feel like if you're talking about all three of them, mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy. Well, if he's not the starter, I mean, how crazy is this? If he's not the starter, and uh, he he goes to the NFL like he could be the highest drafted of all three of those. Sure. Yep. Without Which, you know, it, it, you know, technically, being and I the and I don't think that that's saying anything bad about Osamo or Deshaun. Why? Because they've obviously they've had good camps. Uh, was it Osamoa that they were talking about had just an incredible spring? I think that's right. Yeah. 
But I mean that that's gonna be their dilemma is if any of these younger guys are better than like Caleb Kelly and Deshaun White. I don't say massaging egos, but it'll be interesting like if a Shane Witter is already better than guys that have been on campus three or four years, how Brian Odom and and Alex Grinch are able to navigate a situation like that. And Josh, you I mean you hit on it in uh woke today. It's like the hype is real when you talk about Danny Stutzman. Uh, yeah. That the the I mean, and I know we've all it's not like I was breaking news with any of that. It was just interesting some of the conversations I've had. I mean, and I in woke I you know, and people should, you know, go read it, but I there was some like and it wasn't so much what someone said to me, but it was kind of the way it was said reminded me of the stuff I heard about Creed Humphrey where they didn't know if he was going to be ready to play as a freshman, you know, and not so much that he wouldn't be ready, just that there was there were guys in front of him that they could give him time to adjust, you know. They didn't have to rush him out there and, you know, kind of put him, you know, put him out there before he's fully ready, but he's so talented that you're like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe we – how do we work some snaps in for him? How do we kind of make all of this work? So, I mean, I think – there are few guys on the roster that people are more interested to see what happens when he gets on the field than Danny Stutzman. Like, he has people very excited. And kind of like Creed as well, I think they knew he was good. I don't think they knew he was this good. The problem now, though, is you've got to manage those four games again to keep that red yeah. shirt, if you care. I mean, maybe they don't care. They've Does it feel like that's that not point. as big a thing? To, to Grinch and those guys. It really does. Yeah. I don't think they care. Like If you're like, recruiting at the level that you think you should, it, mm-hmm. I guess is that saying, get your three years in and then you're gone. Yeah. It yeah. Could just be like, well, unless you were injured, the redshirt seniors shouldn't be a thing when you're recruiting at the level that they're going at. Correct. I, you know Nick Saban walks in and he's like, if you're here for five years, something's gone terribly wrong. Like, you either should have transferred our, out you're, you're or – yeah, yeah, you should have transferred out – or you should be in the NFL. There's only two ways out of here. This is all so disrespectful to Brian Mead. I can't believe you guys are going down this road. I'm not buying it. I, I'm ready. I, I I want him to make a big I'm play ready. against Western Carolina and Kerry just to be back on. He's like, you know what? I renounce. I, I'm back in. Disavow all my I, I summer mean, Brian I, Mead takes. Like, I I shouldn't be let back in. Like If, if Brian Mead goes out <laughs> and becomes a star... He sh- every press conference should start with F- you, Kerry Murdoch, <laughs> and Eric Bailey asking. And the I first would, question. yeah, and I would say I deserve that. I Brian Mead, if you will start out any press conference like that, I will make you my own personal nil like that. I, I will, <laughs> I will take it on. What service is he going to perform? Is Lind in trouble? Uh, well, I mean that's a hell of a car ride to clean, but we'll 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 sort something out for Brian. We'll we'll find a role. Everybody's got a job in the McQuistian house. I wonder when the first personal service NIL thing comes about. Like you're just hiring hiring a player to come to your house. Just be like an assistant. No, just basically. to come to your house and hang out. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like it's like the yeah, maybe uh, like a personal celebrity party sure. guys. Yeah. I mean I Saw guess the Kool-Aid you one can, today. Yeah, I did. That's pretty good. I thought. Wait, the, who uh, got one? Uh, Kool Aid down at Alabama. Oh uh, well, obviously, obviously with Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a no brainer. What's the kid's name? Uh, Quincy uh, McKinstry or whatever. 
uh, yeah, I can't. Do you even need a yeah. do you need a nickname when your name is Jaquincy McKinstry? Well, it's, I think it, isn't it technically now Kool Aid McKinstry? Didn't that he uh, change his a, name legally? That is such a Key and Peele football team name. Oh yeah, yes, one hundred. <laughs> That's all awesome. name team. Like the, he is the winner of the name team for the next three years until he graduates and is gone. I, thought I mean, it's not as good as the one guy that his name is pronounced by a sound of like uh, dump trucks or whatever. Where it's just a series of random noises. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. The, uh, the, the what I, I remember seeing McKinstry in the database because he's you know obviously he's Alabama. He's a big time dude. OU offered him, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, you know, there were some fans that were like, rivals got duped again. Rivals got uh, got pulled in. This is a Gotch Yarbrough situation where this dude again does not exist. <laughs> Oh man! I thought the uh, the Thibodeau stuff to debt this morning was pretty good. Getting the uh, was it United Airlines? Oh yeah, the uh, the KV, uh, Kelvin mm, Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah, getting direct flights out of uh, Eugene. Eugene to Columbus for for big road games. It's pretty cool. He's got himself a good agent or a good rep. Good yeah, he got the something. NFT stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, no doubt. No agents carry you crazy. No, I'm. I don't know if he I, if he's represent I if know. the people getting that form are agents or if they're you know as a PR firm or whatever. Yeah. No, he he whoever it cool is. Stuff. I'm sure Phil Knight hired him. Yeah. Yep. He can do that. It's fine. So, um, you know, outside of that, I mean, it it is. I think most people kind of get like see the picks. It's just like. The fascination that we have that everyone is going to have is with Eric Gray's thighs. I mean, they're just ridiculous. And it's ridiculous because we've seen so many, you know, just freaks around here, even in recent memory. But it is, I mean, it is kind of like, there's nothing really exciting about Kennedy Brooks. Like, you can't believe he's as good as he is. I mean, I still think he, he doesn't look bad. No, but that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. he's never looked like a freak sure. of any kind, it, and he's so good. And you're just like, shit. He's just a really good running back. Like, hand up. I'll be honest. I didn't get a whole lot of uh, Trey Bradford or Marcus Major while either. we were out there. I, well, we only get like five minutes with the offense. Yeah, because I don't know. Apparently, they're revolutionizing football. I, I will say though, five I, minutes. I was out there long enough to see Mike Woods, and I you're still, not wrong. I still you're can't believe wrong. that he's like. Long and his hands and... almost go down to his knees. You're not wrong. We pooped you last week. Like he is, he's a freakish looking uh, wide receiver. Because you see his stuff at Arkansas, and he looks like he uh, looks like a little slot receiver yeah, on tape. Yeah, he's not little. No, by any means at all. I'm excited to see how like he... he's quite a bit taller than Theo Weiss is. He... Is this a bad comparison? He's listed at six six one. Yeah. He's not six one. Are we going with the Jordan Muke stuff again? No, no, no. Oh, like <laughs> th- did they use that tape measure? They used the bad one again. I, I almost feel like he's like a longer, and this might be a just a terrible comparison. So tell me if it's bad. Like a longer Dee Westbrook. Because I thought Dee was always pretty long. I mean, he was. Remember that West Virginia play when he it was the snow game. Yeah. Like, like how is he that fucking strong? Like, well, it was surprising he was just, when he would. Shit, I, I know, mean, obviously, I don't think Mike Woods is that fast, but yeah, I've kind of always thought that he was. He's like a like Jeffrey Mead was never just necessarily long as as much as he was just like tall and skinny. 
Mike Woods is certainly not skinny. I wouldn't no, say. No. I don't know if they've had a wide receiver that would be comparable to what Mike Woods looks like. It'd probably be somebody like Brandon Jones back in the day. And I always kind of thought Brandon Jones was like like big almost. But that's kind of how I see Mike Woods, like his yeah. body type. Brandon he might Jones be a little like bit, a running back. A little bit like leaner. I mean, Brandon Jones was bigger from the waist down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Tell us more. We'll have to see him in a football uniform. Phrasing. I God, why did I say that? Oh, well. At least I'm the only one that controls the audio. Oh, shit. Now that I said that, there's going to be somebody that's going to put that out there on the internet. <laughs> on their phone. That's all you need. It's going to be the ringtone. No, you Carrie cannot. Saying. Why can't we download this episode, <laughs> Carrie? Because you just can't. Because Mike Woods is bigger. Nope. Nope. I got that wrong. Uh, I mean, the one thing that, like, and we talked about it, but the one thing we we haven't really gotten a close-up look at because they are the furthest away, but, you know, just not getting to see much of the offensive lines has been the yeah. only thing that's really sucked. Yeah. And we haven't really seen – you can kind of see the safeties just because they're running all over the place. But, yeah, that offensive line is just – and it's not like we're going to get to see – like, the only thing that you would really be able to judge them on is if you – like, in the old days, we got to watch the inside drills and stuff like that, which it was just – uh, organized criminal activity, essentially. Just people trying to murder each other. Uh, and it was fantastic to watch. I don't think they even probably do inside drills anymore, uh, the way things have gone. But like that was the most brutal thing that you, you would ever see. Unless you were like back in you know, the olden times. The one thing that, Bob, you did catch on Tuesday was the fact that uh, Wanye wasn't dressed out. Yeah, I mean, he had his jersey and, and shorts, but he wasn't in pads. Um, I'm not sure how, how big of a deal that is. And that's kind of what sucked, too, is that even if you want to watch the offensive line from as far away as we were, they go through their drill so nonchalant. It's like half It takes speed. a while to get yeah. through it, where you're missing out on a lot of other things if you really want to stay and focus on that one group. There's a lot of resetting and... Yep. Walking through, and you're not really getting anything really of, like, this telling you, oh, he's really, like, it's almost like you have to Zapruder the footage they put out to see who's on the offensive line to really get anything. So. Um, all right. Alex, Eddie, do you know who Zapruder is? Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a film guy. I mean, he's a, he's a, Videographer, camera guy for uh, JFK when he was allegedly killed. Okay, and he's also a I, conspiracy guy. So I oh, see, that's I'm why I said allegedly. right up yeah. Eddie's alley. I didn't know we had that guy. Okay, that's why I said allegedly. I, it's not like common. have you how many of it's not like you asked him how many of uh, Robert De Niro's movies have you seen? Mm-hmm. I I guess I like I feel like Eddie likes sports. I don't think I do. I don't feel like a lot of other things capture his interest. So like I I, that's, I don't know if that's good or a bird. No, I don't mean that like a bad thing. Like he likes like that's a good thing for his profession. Like that that makes all the like, sense in the world. And he likes sports. Sports and infidelities of former presidents. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. That's why I that's why I like JFK. I can see that. He he was Eskimo brothers with his actual brother. They both banged Marilyn Monroe. 
and um, oh, who was the Yankee that married her? Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool to say your Eskimo brother with Joe DiMaggio back in the day. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you know we talked to players today. We'll talk to more players tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see kind of. We've talked about uh, the pay-per-view. It was wouldn't announced. be cool to say that your Eskimo brothers of J. Edgar Hoover, though. No, it would not. Because he was banging dudes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Is that like on your computer screen right now? Came <laughs> <laughs> out. I just thought about I just, it. Just wondering how that popped into your head. Uh, <laughs> are you watching the? Are you watching the league while we record? It kind of goes. It kind of goes with the JFK flow, though. Uh, so. The first game was announced 6 p.m. It will be pay-per-view. First home game. Uh, first home game. Well, yeah, 6 p.m. First game is at Tulane. Um, and I there's been the, like, so it was a really weird thing because I think I brought it up on the pod, like, what if, you know, things got really bad in New Orleans and they moved the game uh, to Norman? And Chris Plank did the same thing on his Fox show, just, like, thinking out loud. And I think it started this mini of... Because, like, he texted me one morning. He was like, have you heard anything about the Tulane game moving to Norman? And I was like, no, but I heard that you said that, and I said that too, and I was just pulling it out of my ass. Like, there was no one telling me. So all of a sudden, like, I think we conspired to make this rumor that the game might be moved to, which I've heard none of that. Yeah, it seems like that would be a lot, wouldn't it? Well, you're getting pretty close. I mean, moving it now would be difficult with all the... Uh, logistics of doing that. I mean, Coastal Carolina and B- BYU is made in a week. It can happen. Sure. sure. Yeah, sure, it can happen. And I think if there's anything we've learned over the last year and a half, being able to stay flexible as far as scheduling goes is probably a uh, a good thing. But at the same time, but I think like, I would say looking at Oklahoma's numbers, Louisiana's like, we're not any better there than we are here. I. I just go back to the Lollapalooza thing. That is a perfect example that things can be done wherever, whenever in this country if you just take the proper precautions. And it doesn't have to become a super spreader. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I really, like, I'm kind of at a, you know, the end of the trail here. It's like, it can be done. Everybody just needs to be a little responsible. Yeah, so I, I, I don't see it happening um, outside of that. I don't see I don't see OU having to limit capacity or anything like that or any plans for that being in effect. So No. And at the same time though, it's like, you know, you might have to have a concession that maybe you wear a mask during the game. And I know that's gonna suck for a lot of people. I would be just as pissed for anybody, but at the same time I you know, it just kind of sure it we'll is what it is. Wear them in the press box. Yeah, I have well, no idea how that whole situation is gonna unfold. Ask, I mean, and same to you guys, same to fans. Ask yourself, would you rather have to wear the damn mask or not be at the game at all? Like, you'd rather That's wear the mask. You sound, you've never sounded more like a dad than just that, just now. It, it's just, I, I, I ugh. yeah. That, that I, sounds I, like a speech that you use with your daughters when they won't do something. Or uh, don't want to no, do the, something. They, um, we crack skulls around here. We don't. We don't talk about things. We just do what Dad says. I don't believe that one. One bit. No. <laughs> Laney, I you, got a pretty good chance. Layla's going to do whatever the damn well she yeah, wants. Yeah, you to. seem like the biggest pushover that there is. I mean, oh no, Dad. Dad is Dad is the authority in the house for sure. Tiffany will let them get away with bloody murder. Oh, okay. I, I'm definitely the heavy. Um, 
both, you know. Same. Yep. You know, yeah. That's no, I, the dad I, role. Exactly. Like, and I'm... What is I'm Pearl the, doing, though, that's so awful? Like... Yeah, I feel well, like all your kids are... Your kids are now. always going to be good. She can do stuff. Hmm. That's she's he's climbing not, and knows when she's doing bad stuff and doesn't care. I, she's I trying to say, break yeah. my laptop. Grounded this weekend. Trying to do. <laughs> Give me your phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad Pod brought to you by Gerber. Um, so I, uh, I mean, Josh, we start the show talking about Luther Burden, uh, and we kind of had those discussions. You know, where does OU go from here? Uh, but. Just let's just lay that out. Like, I mean, essentially, it sounds to me like if I'm listening on the outside, the way that you talked about it, OU's done. I mean, they're not going to get Luther Burton. Is that is that the way you the, feel about it? I I would give it a 15 percent chance. I mean, it's not impossible, but it sure doesn't feel like that's the way the direction this is moving. You know, when when CD Lamb decommitted. There was still a definite feeling of th- this. This could turn out. This is probably going to be okay. Um, and we can go down the list of other guys. Sa- same deal. Like, th- th- there's still a chance here that th- this door hasn't closed. OU's not closing the door because again, I don't think there are some situations where OU is. Uh, I think Jordan Hudson's a perfectly good example. OU was kind of of the opinion. Uh, it's not worth the headache because they had to do all this. And then for a kid to pick SMU, it just felt like something was never right there. Like just whatever. Luther Burden is good enough to keep, keep up the pursuit. Like, yes, keep making that run, keep making that effort. I don't know that it's going to matter. I don't think it will, but I mean, I, I think, I don't think OU has any hostility about it. You know, it's just kind of, this didn't go the way we wanted it to. So um, they'll they'll keep working on him, but yeah, I don't expect that to really change as far as um, where the you know I, I don't think OU is going to make any big run or turn the table with him. I I know talking to some people yesterday, I talked to people from you know Missouri and Georgia. Missouri people thought it was Missouri. Georgia people, I think, were a little more open into, but kind of thought it was Georgia, and. Uh, talking to some sorts of, I, I got the impression that OU thought it was Georgia, that, that that's that's what this is about. So we'll see. Again, Missouri has some some connections with him that I think are hard to replicate for other schools, but I, at the same time, does it is it enough to change anything? I, I don't know. Um, Do you see them just kind of going out and getting some evaluated guys? That is, that would be kind of my guess, and I, the the reason, and I don't think they're going to go crazy. Don't go. I don't think OU feels this compulsion. We got to go fill all three spots that that were Talon Chetron, Jordan Hudson, and Luther Burden. I, I don't think that's the way that's going to go. I think it's one or two guys that they decide they like, maybe have a good start to their senior year. The nice problem is this isn't the offensive line. This is wide receiver. A, OU can go recruit just about any receiver in the country, as they've shown. And secondly, you can find good receivers. You can find receivers you can win with at this point in the game. Offensive line, it's going to be pretty tough to find 
three or four offensive linemen who emerge at this time of year that are actually championship caliber players. Wide receiver, there's just more of them. There's more of them. They're easier to find. And let's be honest, the evaluation is, is much more direct. So I, I think they can be okay, but I would expect it to be one or two guys that they like. I mean, I, they're still going to work on Evan Stewart. I mean, they're still trying that. I, I, again, I don't think anything comes to that. I think DJ Allen, kid that just committed to TCU from Gladewater, Texas, is really interesting. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I think that could be a, that that could make some sense. Uh, there's another kid, a Rivals 250 kid out of Missouri City in the Houston area, Chris Marshall. That makes some sense. I mean, the, there are avenues though you can go down, and even you know in areas that are absolutely familiar to OU. So I I think they're going to find a guy or two they really like. Focus there. And then maybe look to the portal to fill up any holes that, you know, are remaining, whether, you know, whether it's from filling these three spots or, you know, guys that choose to transfer out or go to the NFL draft or whatever. I don't think OU is going to go crazy because I think they like where they are in 2023. Now, again, it's the same risk, but at the same time, you know, you can't just live in the portal and live with, okay, our evaluations are better than everybody else at some point. You got to go get the elite guys. You got to trust that you can do it. And in 2023, you've got Malachi Nelson. That seems really solid. Well, the two two of the receivers you're hoping to get are two of his now teammates. One's already committed, so you got to feel pretty good there. Brandon Ennis, OU's you know we'll get into that in a second with his decision coming on Sunday. Um, there is there's a reason for there's plenty of reason for optimism there. His relationship with Trayon Webb. I know he's been talking to Malachi Nelson for a long time now. So th- there's a lot there that kind of binds it. And I was talking to somebody, and I know this is a longer answer than you were planning for, but um, I was talking to somebody. Talk, other, so, yeah, no. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know what? What's going on? What's what's making 2023 so special? And it was basically we got a quarterback. We've got a quarterback that can round all this up. We can point to him and say, this is our guy. This is the guy we're going to go win a national championship with. This is the guy going to be delivering, you know, the football. All these things, all the boxes you need to check, they've got a quarterback here. So now maybe Oklahoma's going to have to That's figure what out what I to said. do in even years. Yeah, maybe they're going to have to figure out what to do in even years when apparently they're not recruiting quarterbacks. But this year it feels like this – don't get me wrong, there'll be a decommitment or two. That's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be like what you've seen happen at receiver in 2022. Am I the only one that that just doesn't make sense? Like why it's so important that you have a quarterback in each class. I know that on the on the surface that sounds really stupid, but I just don't understand how somebody wouldn't look at like the total product. It's not a given you're going to play with that quarterback once you get on campus, especially if it's a situation like Oklahoma has with Caleb Williams. You you would think as a receiver you'd almost like to be the year behind the quarterback, right? I don't want to come in with him and learn with him. I want to be there once he's got it down, and then I just go catch touchdown passes. I mean, because again, guys, we talked about we've talked about it forever. Running back and wide receiver, there's no position where it is easier to come in as a freshman and make an impact. Those are not. I mean, not. I'm not saying they're easy, but it's much more of a physical development is the problem rather than like an offensive lineman having to learn all the calls and you know what we're trying to identify or obviously a quarterback with all they've got to process it's just different wide receiver running back it's largely can you do it or can you not um just 
It just feels like you go on these visits and you don't have a quarterback as your ringleader. It just does something. The receivers want that attention. That's sort of how that position has always been. And, you know, I just – even like a champ you thing. There was no quarterback. Like, what did those – you know, and they really didn't even have the 2022 guys there to begin with. It's like – it's just a – it's a different feeling – when you don't have a quarterback, when you can't see that long-term perspective, what's really out there when you're entrenched in the heat of the moment and trying to make a decision. So, Josh, uh, I guess, you know, what we take from this is that you're going to Mexico, so OU has no shot at Brandon Ennis, or you wouldn't be going. Uh, I, I would guess most of the board would come out exactly the opposite. Pretty much every time I leave, commitments seem to happen. That does, that is so, true. Um, That's not an excuse to leave all the time, though. Uh, yeah, I'm, I keep trying to get these guys to pay for me to take vacations with my family, but it just doesn't, doesn't seem to happen. I don't know why they're such selfish assholes, but, um, no, uh, yeah, I, I like where OU is, Brandon Ennis. I've had a forecast in for him for several months now. Um, really, pretty much since kind of the, the you started hearing the returns from the barbecue, it just sounded very positive for OU. You you kind of believe they were in the right place with him, and I, I think again, it's you know, it's so funny when we have that we lead off with a you know Dennis Simmons having a rough go here. Yeah, he's got a chance to land the number four overall player and number one wide receiver in the country, a kid from South Florida next week that's got offers from Alabama and literally every other school on the planet. It's it's just one of those things. I mean, I, 2022's just been weird. I, I think it's a year he'll probably be glad to be done with, but it doesn't seem like he's doing anything to slow down in 2023 where they've already got Makai Lemon. Uh, again, Brandon Ennis will announce on Sunday. Um, I, I'd still, I think OU leads. I think that's the safe bet right now. Um, and then, you know, you've got DeAndre Moore out there with Makai Lemon and Malachi Nelson. You've got Jalen Hale at, at Longview, top 30 guy in the country. Uh, there, there are, I mean, it, it's, it's not unlike what we saw early in 2022 at receiver where he said, OU's going to have to make some tough choices here. They're going to have to make some number decisions. OU is going to have to largely do the same thing in 2023. But what's interesting is because you lose three, do you hold a scholarship back and say, well, we were going to take four in 2023 instead of we're going to take five and just keep as many doors open as possible, kind of learn the lesson of 2022? Or do you kind of fill those spots and say, hey, we're going to stick with the three or four we were thinking of? So it's it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays. And in this era, guys, I can't rule out the possibility maybe somebody enrolls a year early. We, we've seen that happen more and more over the last three or four years where guys just entirely skip their senior year. If you could get, you know, if you convince Brandon Ennis, hey, man, you can come in here next year. You know, Jaden Hazelwood's off the NFL. Marvin Mims, you're going to be our number two wide receiver pretty quickly and then maybe our number one by the time Marvin's gone. I mean, like, that, that's a pretty good sales pitch. That, that could work. Now, I don't know if that's possible for Brandon Ennis. I haven't even gone down that road. But that's the, I mean, that's how open OU can be right now. They, they've got a lot of options. They've just got to figure out what path they want to take. It's going to be weird asking if there's a concern in this, but if they're able to get a Brandon Ennis, he'd be the sixth commitment in 2023. Obviously, things are going fantastic in that group. Any worry or any concern that it's six offensive guys and they haven't really necessarily hit on the defensive side? And I, I say that. 
in knowing that, you know, you went and visited a guy like a Javon Taviano just last week, and he's probably one of the best cornerbacks in that class. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no doubt. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not a – I wouldn't say it's a concern, and I, I think you know that. But, I mean, it's just like what I was saying a second ago. You get the quarterback, everybody else kind of just comes in around him. I mean, you look at where where have committed. You've got one running back. You've got a receiver. You've got an offensive lineman. I mean, like, you have a tight end. I mean, you have guys who are directly impacted by Malachi Nelson being there. So I think that is that just makes everything easier. Now, defensively, it, you know, I, I, I still think there is, amongst a lot of elite recruits, kind of a wait and see. They want to see what's happening. But, I mean, OU is a legitimate contender with Lebius Overton, top top 10 player in the country, Jordan Renault. Defense alignment from Dallas. Javian Taviano is a guy that two months ago I wouldn't have given OU a chance at. And now, I, I, if they don't lead, they're right up there with anybody else. I mean, the, he really likes what he sees at OU. Obviously, OU has an inside, some inside help with Braden Willis, that relationship. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think OU will be fine. But I do. I think I don't think a lot of recruits – I mean, God, guys, we were just talking about – People not seeing it, you know, amongst college football media, not seeing it nationally. Well, it's no different for recruits. Even it's it's even more magnified. Recruits still have it in their head that OU's shaky defensively, and I, I think we all know that that narrative's not going to hold very long. Did we do a full review of the guys that you went and saw last week on last week's pod? I honestly we can't remember. Yes. Okay, yes, we did. We did. Um, just making sure. I guess we can do a little bit of a preview of what's coming up next because we are. I mean, my God, the, the, the high sc- the high school We're season going. has begun. Yeah, Eddie, I think you'll be joining me tomorrow. Going to Mustang Choctaw, mm-hmm. Jacoby Johnson offer to Sean Brown. I don't know if the offer is ever going to be on the table, but he's about as impressive as you're going to get in terms of defensive linemen within this state. So that. That'll be a lot of fun. I know uh, R.J. Jackson had, didn't blow up like the way I really thought he would, but yeah, I'm still that's still someone for 2023 that I'm, I'll really be watching closely. No doubt. And then I think Friday I'm going to try and get up and see uh, Luke has the uh, tight end commitment from Bixby. They're doing a little mini scrimmage on uh, Friday evening as well as uh, over at the Trojan Preview at Jinx. Uh, you know, Gentry Williams, Micah Teese with Booker T, and then uh, a whole host of guys at Carl Albert, Muskogee, and Jinx. Very nice. There was a little bit of uh, college breaking news this afternoon coming in from uh, Athens, Georgia. Sounds like uh, they're going to be without Darnell. A uh, couple, couple names. Darnell yeah. Washington and uh, Tyke Smith in the uh, Clemson game first week hmm. of the season. So, so not that, a, just a first game outage. Yeah, but I mean, game? those two guys versus Clemson. That's a that's heck of a first a, game. <laughs> big setback. But I was just wondering, like, not for the season. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like for the first game and moving forward it's going to be evaluated well one thing we talked about we said we could talk about later but what came out uh, this morning with nebraska um you know overuse of analysts which sounds like the analysts were taking players out to some abandoned field and holding practices during covid times which i mean the analyst thing i roll my eyes at the pandemic thing is like how did how did these schools think they were going to get away with any of this stuff I guess that was a well-known thing within Big Ten uh, world a year ago. We've said it before, like um, 
Josh has a funny thing he says um, that we can't say on the air. Uh, but, it, like, there are parts of Nebraska where it's still, like, 1950. And I think people just think, like, they they can live life like it's still 1950. Like, cell phones don't exist. You know, live streaming doesn't exist. You mean, like, like last week when they said they were on a public street and they couldn't take video? Yes, yeah. <laughs> when they tried to introduce their alternate uniforms. I never even cared to even bother to look to see who broke that embargo, but surely somebody did. I never saw anything. I never saw anything either. And then <laughs> they're, Tattoo they're, Baker just pulled good off, soldiers. Tattoo Baker pulled off the ultimate troll job and put the, the Herbie bouncing whatever thing. I cannot red. believe how many like national, like well respected people like paused and said, Wait a second, is this real? I didn't even know it was it was from something from Reddit like four years. Yeah, earlier. I didn't. I had no idea. I had no idea either. It's just amazing to me. But I mean, like Scott Frost, he's got to be the worst cheater in the history of college football. Which is surprising, considering he played at Nebraska in the mid '90s or the late '90s. I mean, it should be instilled in you from the day that you. I, I'll say this though, Bravo, Scott Frost. You're not going down without without a fight. And then he started lying about trying to get out of the OU game today. Just, did he? Yeah, he's like, oh, yep. no, I never did that. And, I never made that call. And then there was an article oh. in the Omaha Herald from Bill Moose, the former athletic director, that mm-hmm. was basically like, yeah, we tried to figure out a way to get out of it. He didn't. The athletic director didn't want it to. He thought it'd be a bad look for everybody. Well, that was the he's thing. on the record of that. That was what our Nebraska people told me, that Scott Frost went over Bill Moose's head to the president. Yep. It's unbelievable. It's not going well. Not going well at all for uh, Scott Frost. Gus Malzahn's going to win the national title at UCF, isn't he? Because it doesn't take much to coach there, apparently. I mean, I don't know. I, like, is that, that's what we're really learning, right? Like, anybody can win at UCF. Anybody, yeah. Probably. <laughs> the entire state of Tennessee's butthole is just puckering. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> You're next. You're next, Tennessee. We thought he built something. No, God, no. He didn't even build it. That's the guy that built it. No, it wasn't Scott Frost that built it. It was uh, who was before him. Are you talking about O'Leary forever? Yes. George O'Leary? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good resume builder. There you go. Well, sometimes <laughs> he doesn't have a resume. To use? Well, the paperwork he's bad at. The resume is good. I'm more Mike Price than anything. Well, he did that's, get in trouble for strip clubs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, so that is that's what I'm saying. Kind of guy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike <laughs> that's Price. That's your type of scandal is what you're saying. I'm somewhere in between Mike Price and uh, John Junker, the guy that ran the uh, Fiesta Bowl. John Junker, yeah. Why didn't we get taken any strip clubs? I don't know. That's a good question. I Probably guess we weren't John Shin and I were drinking all the tequila in the... Uh, in the up in my car. In the, uh, what's it called? The uh, hospitality suite. Hospitality suite, yeah. Yeah. See, Shin would have had to be involved. Like, Shin would have been, like, egging you on, like, no, don't go to your room. Let's have another drink. And yeah. meanwhile, he'd be drinking he water. He kept calling me a pussy. Yeah. That's so I just Shin kept drinking. Do. Yeah. You were you were standing up for the site's honor, and we respect that, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Nobody ever. a bunch of pussies. Yeah, nobody's ever said thank you, or uh, you're welcome. What? <laughs> you're welcome for throwing up in my car. Uh, my brand new car at the time. Amazing. Is what it was. Uh, no, but I mean, Scott Frost might be the biggest idiot. I mean, he he might be a bigger idiot than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and that's that's hard to say. 
what's even harder to say is he's probably won more than Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Did you see, I think it was CFB Home listed his top t- or top 15 wins? Yeah, it was like top 18 wins and there's only 14 of them. <laughs> it's pretty good. And uh, I think like uh, South Alabama was in the top 10 of his wins or something like that. God, that's... For Frost? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Like Illinois in 2018 was like his third best win as a coach at Nebraska. That's not. That's because he lost. And that Illinois was like last a, year. that was like an upset, wasn't it? Oh no, it was the other way around. Illinois beating Nebraska. Well, they beat him last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah, like that's their opener this year. I think that's week zero. Isn't it, it is. It's in uh, two weeks. Oh, that's gonna be nice. I think it's at eleven a.m. game. Can you imagine Nebraska fans watching as they struggle with Illinois? I'll Brett Bielma. I I I forget Brett Bielma, who should be. I forget that he's up there weekly. Should be the coach at Nebraska because that's the type of you know school that's the type of yes. coach that can have success that Nebraska would be happy with. That's you want to be Wisconsin if you're Nebraska. Not flashy enough. Yeah. Not flashy enough for those people. Same way that they ran Frank Solich out of town. Yeah, that was kind of like he was their Gary Gibbs. You're just gonna not you're gonna get run out of town he, after you a follow lot, a legend. Yeah, a lot better success than any of the yeah, but he's always been there since then. Game. Yeah, but he still was not Tom Osborne. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's just wild how that works out. They had to see how bad it could get before they realized what their expectations should be. And, and they, the sad thing is, I you know, it's kind of like we talked about with uh, Sean Callahan a couple years ago or a couple weeks ago. It's like, have they hit rock bottom? I don't know if they have. I don't know if it's hit rock bottom. I forgot yet. we had Sean on the pod at one point. That's when. I think that's when Bob and Josh were both on vacation mm-hmm. together. Yep. 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 Um, no, I mean, it's, is it to that point, though, like, you you want to say you hate to see it because it's Nebraska, but at the same time, you kind of laugh on the inside a little bit. I think I, I forever think it's funny. It's a dead football program. I, I still love the valor they were trying to steal when OU and Texas left the Big 12. Like, that... That was the funniest storyline that came out of that whole thing. Okay, maybe A&M was funnier, but second funniest was Nebraska being like, we told you guys, the rest of the Big 12 should have listened. Yeah, it's gone awesome for you. Like, you really, you've got a lot to stand on. Ever since you've left, a lot of success, guys. You know, a, uh, you know, Kerry is their, you know, the fan of their greatest player since that time. So. Who, Dominican Sue? Rex Burkhead. Oh, Rex Burkhead. Yeah. Rex. Well, he played the 2010 Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship, so. Did he? Yeah. I was thinking he was like 11 through days. 13. You have to go. Yeah, there's nobody then. Because he played in Big 12 era. Yeah. They've, it was, well. Was it Rex Burkhead and uh, who was the, the other? Was Levante back? David? Was he, <clears throat> was he post Big 12? I think that's right. Because he's really damn good. I, I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not I don't, sure I'm, I'm not even going to bother looking it up because I don't care. Wow. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, I don't I care about you. I don't care about stupid, random Nebraska no, facts. No, 2012. So 2011 would have been his last season at, or at Nebraska. So I guess maybe a year of Big 12, year of Big 10 maybe? Yeah, he got to play a year in the Big 10 because 2011 mm-hmm. was when it all fell apart. Hmm. Before that okay. season. Yeah. That oh, summer. That's a lot of Levante David talk. Um, outside of that, anything else uh, recruiting-wise we needed to get to? I, I know, Bob, there's a little bit of hoops news uh, that was floating around yesterday. Yeah, 
Porter Moser just doing a really nice job recruiting within the state. Had a kid in from Bixby, 2023 offer, Parker Fredrickson, who's uh, you know someone who kind of blew up this summer because of the way that he played when they had the live evaluation period and got a lot of offers. Uh, I think coming in, they're hoping for a commitment. That didn't quite happen, but multiple sources have told me that OU is now firmly – his leader and it's going to take something incredibly special to try to knock the Sooners off that perch. So Mojer really starting to make those inroads within the state and all the high school coaches and starting to really build those bonds. All right. Well, I know Josh has got to get out of here. It's a good time for us to wrap. So let's do that. And we'll be back again next week as we get even closer to the start of the football season. Uh, and we'll continue to keep reporting on it at Sooner Scoop. So uh, check out the website. Bob doing a great job as always. Eddie with the video. A uh, little photo assist from me here and there. Uh, check, Keep checking the boards uh, for all the latest that's going on as well with Josh and, and myself. We're on there uh, uh, quite a bit. I don't get bothered anymore about never being on the boards. I'm kind of proud of myself a little bit. Because you've been on the boards. Yeah. Uh, so anyway... Plus, I've just been I've been ornery lately. I've just been wanting to fight with people. It must be football season. It's getting close to football. It's not off season where I just want to be left alone. It, I know I'm in the thick of it. So, uh, anyway, th- thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial Forty Podcast from SoonerScoop.com.